Um, but like, I remember asking the doctors, I'm like, okay, so what can you do for me? Like, how do I live a normal life? And they basically gave me the whole, if you could go down to, to your mailbox and get your mail, consider that a win. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what are you guys talking about? I'm not even like, my life hasn't even really started yet. Like, you know what I mean? Like I just yeah. got married. I just like, and I remember that was so frustrating where it was like, I just look, I'm not trying to go win the Olympics. You know, I'm just, I just want to be able to live a normal, fulfilling life. Welcome to episode seven of the Clinical Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Rees. Big shout out to uh, Kurt Bordeaux and KurtBordeaux.com for his excellent uh, allowing me to use his music for the podcast. Thanks again, Kurt. Uh, <clears throat> so today's episode took a, a little bit of a step back. We, uh, in the past, have been interviewing some uh, heart transplant individuals who had had heart transplants, who had completed Ironman races. And I thought we'd take it a step back and maybe interview someone who is training for their first Ironman race, who uh, uh, recently received a heart transplant as well. So our guest today is uh, Vang Her uh, from California. He received a heart transplant about two years ago in uh, 2020 and uh, is, is currently training to do Ironman California in the uh, fall of um, 2022. So we'll talk to him about uh, how it's been going, some of the hiccups he's been encountering. And I thought it might be an interesting episode for individuals who... Um, have uh, maybe had a heart transplant and, and, you know, instead of seeing the end, seeing what it's like after someone's done it, uh, having the opportunity to listen to someone who's in the process of going through it and uh, and learning from what they've done. So uh, really awesome. I met Vang, actually, uh, he reached out to me after listening to the podcast. He, like I mentioned, he had his heart transplant in 2020 and was uh, surfing the internet looking for individuals who, uh, like him, had done Ironmans and came across my podcast. So actually one of my first uh, listeners, uh, the first person who I didn't know previously to reach out to me and get in touch with me. So uh, let's, get, uh, let's get the show on the road and let's talk to Vang. Hey, Vang, thanks for being on the show. I know that uh, you're one of my uh, one of the one of my first listeners that uh, wasn't someone I, I knew. So I, I really appreciate that. Hi, thank you, Ken. Um, glad to be here. Oh, good. Hey, you've got a really neat story. And, and I know that uh, and you've been following some of the podcasts that I've, I've had with uh, with regards to heart transplant recipients and, and them completing Ironman triathlons. And I thought this uh, when, when I was chatting with you in the past, I thought, hey, this is a really great story. Here's a guy who uh, has recently had a transplant and now is training for triathlons. And, and I thought, you know, we've got the, the, the people who have done it now. I, I thought it'd be really neat to hear about uh, the training and, and, you know, the what's going on in, in, in your training and, and, and the challenges you're having and, and the breakthroughs that you've been having and, and things like that. So I, this is going to be an awesome, uh, awesome, awesome story. But before we get into that, I'd kind of like to know, uh, tell us about the young Vang Her. Sure. Um, well, you know, I think the young Vang Her is pretty much a, a typical American kid, right? Grew up, you know, went to school, did all of that. But I think the slight caveat is uh, I was your typical American Asian kid. So the emphasis was school, school, school. And in fact, uh, I actually didn't do much sports. So I was 
while I was very involved in school activities, I was not involved in sports at all. And so, um, in fact, I don't think I even did any sports until college. And I wouldn't even call that sports because uh, in college, I took up uh, Wing Chun Kung Fu for a, a few years. But that was just for fun. So it wasn't even uh, like an active sport. Uh, that was a competition. It was mostly for self-development. Ah, excellent. Okay, so as a kid, what uh, studying? It sounds like you were doing. Did you any musical instruments? Any uh, any any nope. any pastimes? Nothing that interesting. It was just uh, studying, studying, and more studying. So I did develop a, a, an appreciation and a love for math and kind of the inherent beauty that's in it. And I know that is super cheesy, <laughs> but you know it, it's one of those things where I think once you once you move beyond the simple. Uh, addition and subtraction and then you know you move into the higher levels of math you, you start to see that there is a certain artistic wonder to how the numbers all fit and how they all kind of how the different uh, studies from like trigonometry geometry algebra the calculus all of that fits together and so for me it was a, it was a lot of that and then throw in there you know a healthy dose of star trek and star wars and so there was a lot of space and science thrown in and so that ultimately led me to to studying engineering and, and being that. So, but as you can imagine, that pretty much took up all my time. So, okay, well, okay, I have to ask because I'm a big big Star Wars fan too. Uh, uh, but so you know, I grew up in the '70s, uh, and and you know, Star Wars apparently episode episodes four, five, and six, and and now you know after that there was there's episode one, two, and three when my kids were born, and and so I'm like. Uh, like they tell me like episode one and I'm like, that's like, um, which is episode one return of the Jedi. No, it was, uh, it doesn't matter. The clone of the clone wars. And, uh, and, and so do you, are you a big fan of the, the older, older star Wars, the original ones or the, the, the next generation star Wars? Oh, I think I, I'm more of a, a fan of the, the, the prequel trilogy. And so mostly because though my son is into that, so that's kind of his Star Wars. Like that, that's when he kind of started to figure out where everything was. So, so I'm more into it because of that. Obviously the, the original trilogy, that was fun and it was interesting. And then especially for how it influenced, you know, sci-fi cinema moving for the last 40 years or so. So that was, that was really good. And, and what they do was really revolutionary at that time. But you know, looking at it through the lens of you know an 80s 90s kids right it's like mm, it's it's fun but it just didn't hit home as as well as as the the new ones to me and i know that's sacrilegious to some stuff <laughs> uh, you know, for me it, it really became really good when my son got into it and for him it was like you know i got to see it through the wonder of a kid yeah through his eyes and then, and then so for me i got almost as much joy watching his face when we were in the theaters watching him react to to stuff that happened on screen so that that's really why i i like that one more because it was just it was i got the whole family experience that, yeah. like you know most most of the people from the 70s when that first came out that wow and that wonder that they got i got that with my son so that's why i like those better right i, I think we both agree now that i've known you for you know um, yeah almost six months, uh, that Jar Jar has no place in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, I, I, for, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, it's not for me, but you know, it's funny because the kids love it. The little that kids love right? it. Okay, good to know. It, it, they like that comedy relief and you know, I'm like, hey, that's, that's you do you. <laughs> So. Okay, so so interesting. No, no real experience in in, in sports as, as a kid. So uh, growing up, um, your transplant was a couple of years ago, 2020. 
And uh, so, so what, uh, what were some of the signs and symptoms that, that you were getting? Um, what, what, was, what, what were you noticing going on that, that you thought you might uh, seek some medical attention? Well, actually, I had a stroke about 14 years prior. And that was when I learned I had heart failure. And at that time, uh, I had just gotten married. So this is four months after I got married. And they told me I, I was in Philadelphia when this happened and I was coming off a plane and I knew something was wrong. And so, you know, fast forward about 24 hours and I'm apparently in some hospital I don't remember going to. And they basically said, yeah, we get some bad news and some even worse news. And so it was like, yeah, when you get home, you're gonna need to hop onto the transplant list. Well, I came back home and then they said, well, no, you're actually okay. Even though your EF was only 10%, wow. you're okay. So no transplant for you. And then, uh, so, you know, 14 years later, um, it, I thought I had pneumonia actually, cause I wasn't feeling well. And I kind of was just like, you know, I wasn't wheezing per se, but I was having difficulty breathing. But since I lived with the heart failure for so long, I just thought I was sick. And then, uh, that, you know, went to, went to the doctor one week, got some antibiotics, didn't do anything. Went again the second week, didn't do anything. And then, um, one morning, one night, one morning, it was like three in the morning. I just, was awake, couldn't sleep, didn't feel right. Like I, I take a deep breath, but I was like, <laughs> like that. It was just like a, a very shallow breath, but it felt like my my chest was full. Like I had taken a complete deep breath, and then um, so I was like, and with knowing that I had heart failure and stuff, I didn't think I was going like in trouble, but I was like, this isn't right. And so, you know, we called we called uh, an ambulance, and then I remember the ambulance driving away from my house. And then apparently I woke up four days later in a whole other city, in a hospital I'd never been to, you know, uh, intubated and all of that. So I had no idea what was going on. And this was right when the U.S. had just shut down the country for COVID. So I woke up in a strange place. I had no idea what was going on, couldn't speak. And my family wasn't around me. So I'm just like, I don't know what is going on. And but then that's when they basically said, yeah, you, uh, <laughs> you, 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 you were in bad shape. Like, honestly, the subsequent days, like nurses would come in and they say, oh, yeah, we saw you the other day. Oh, my God. Honestly, we didn't think you were going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you like to hear. You know how I found out I was in, in trouble. But, you know, the funny thing is, uh, even though I was in such bad shape, surprisingly, I got better. And then they sent me home. But. Unfortunately, what that did mean is for the next two months, I was in and out of the hospital with having various VTAC episodes and stuff like that until finally they're like, you are not going home until you get a new heart. And then uh, that was, you know, luckily for me, that was only about a week and a half out of wait. Oh, wow. You know, but I mean, I was in pretty bad shape. Like I had a balloon pump and everything. So, okay. So they, that, you know, and at the time I was like, oh, cool. I got my own 24 hour dedicated nurse. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> But, you know, after the fact, you realize, oh, the reason why I had that was that's how much trouble I was in. Like, I was on the brink. And, right. You know, but uh, they, they, you know, they did a great job in terms of keeping me stable where to give me that chance. And so, yeah. Awesome. So that, so that was how I found out. Okay. <laughs> it was pretty drastic, you know. All right. And, and so, so you, you had the transplant and... Uh, the, your your recovery afterwards in hospital for for some time afterwards doing some physical therapy kind of getting back into shape was it was the uh, the was the the 
did you feel better immediately? Was it like inflating your lungs and, and being able to, uh, did you feel better right away? You know, it, it, it was funny because when people say that, I go, not really. The reason why is I wasn't that sick before. Right. Like I mean, my EF was 10%. Like I would tell people like, oh, I go hiking, I go camping, I go do all that stuff. It's fine. I just couldn't play a game of like pickup basketball or I couldn't sprint. Like, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't do high intensity stuff, but I was able to do normal stuff. So I'm just, uh, I'm just going to interrupt you for one sec. I'm just going to, you mentioned it before your, your EF being 10%. So that's your, your ejection fraction. And for, for listeners there, that's uh, the amount of blood that's in that he, so of in his left ventricle, 10% of the blood that was in there would be pumped out uh, with each beat. So at a 10% ejection fraction and normally is it normal is, is 60, 70%. The heart doesn't, doesn't pump it all out. Thanks. Go ahead. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, no, I'm sorry. Where was I? What was I saying? Um, um, you could go camping and you just couldn't play a game of pickup basketball. So, yeah. So, so because of that, I felt, I was actually, I felt like I was living a normal life. So after the transplant, um, it, it didn't really feel different until, you know, like it wasn't until like three, four months later when I was, I, I had recovered all the, the, from the, I'll say the atrophying from just me being so inactive. Cause I was bedridden for a lot of that time, you know, before transplant too, where I, I just couldn't do a lot of uh, movement and stuff. And especially when I had like the, the balloon pump in, and I also had to have an impella when I got sick the first time. So that made me bedridden and I lost a lot of muscle mass. So, uh, I couldn't tell the breathing was the same, but what happened was I was so much weaker and then it wasn't until I was healed enough where I could actually start doing things. So like I'd start walking and I, I, I tried to jog. And then that was when I, I could tell the difference where it was like, oh, wow, I can actually make it down the block and not want to puke and, you know, keel over. And so, right. so it took me probably about four months before that really happened where, where I could feel like, oh, okay, that was good. And then, you know, part of that was it took me that long to just feel comfortable. Like the, the heart wasn't going to drop out of my chest and, and you, know, right. you know, into my pant leg or something like that. So, so part of that was the recovery and stuff. Okay. And, and so you were mentioning, um, so, so you, 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 you ran to the end of the block and did, and you didn't, um, didn't feel like you wanted to hurl. So, and then you said, Hey, I'm going to get a duathlon now that I can run to the end of the block. So what was the, what was the, uh, what was the story behind you deciding to do triathlons? Um, it, you know, it was funny because I, I felt better. I could physically do more things, but the truth was I was kind of in a, I don't want to say a very dark place, but I was kind of in a, in a slump, you know, cause like, like I was like, I was on, I was like, a, you know, four or five, six months now. So it was, you know, for like the last for month five and six or yeah, month five, I was kind of at that point where I felt like I was healed. Like my body was physically healed, but I wasn't strong like I used to be, so I couldn't necessarily go do all the things I wanted to do. And, and I was still kind of reeling from all the meds they give you to, to obviously to, to combat the rejection and just, just to bring your body back to health. Right. So I was kind of, so it was like, okay, I'm kind of weak. I'm kind of here. I'm kind of just here. And, you know, and like, like my brain was still working. Like I, I felt like it was still pretty sharp, but I knew it wasn't as sharp as it used to be because it was kind of dulled by the, by the meds and stuff. So, so I was kind of just kind of existing and I'm like, eh, whatever, surfing the net, watching things. And then that's when, uh, I found out, I don't know what I was doing one morning, but it was on my, it, I, I remember it clear as day. It was my six month anniversary to that day. It was five in the morning and I was just surfing the net kind of going, mm, this is my life, you know, like, and then I, I ran across the name Derek Fitzgerald 
And then I was like, huh, what the, who's, oh, what did this guy do? Oh, he did an Iron Man, Transplanted Heart, good for him. Wait a minute, Iron Man, I remember that thing. I remember the, the uh, uh, Team Hoyt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then so I looked it up and I was like, whoa, oh, he's doing that. And I'm sitting here feeling kind of sorry for myself where I'm like, uh, I mean, I could do a bit more, but everybody's telling me I can't do all these things anymore, right? So I'm kind of like, Okay, this is interesting. So I'm looking him up. And then, of course, well, I found Derek. So let's see. Well, who's the first guy to do an Iron Man? And then I found out about Dwight. And then I think that was about the time I found out about you. And then I kept looking. And then I found, you know, who I think is the Superman of heart transplant patients, you know, Mr. Elmer Spring. And I was just like, all right, you know what? Elmer, he's out of my league. He was an athlete before, and he's still a super athlete now. But Dwight, he was physically active like 20 years plus, but now, but you know, after 20 years with his transplant, he was able to do an Ironman. And then, but then I look up Derek and he's like, yeah, pretty inactive before. And then afterwards he took this up and then I was like, oh, okay. He sounds a bit like me. He's a, I think he was a engineer, maybe a computer science engineer, but it was like, okay, he's kind of like me. He was kind of about my age. And I'm like, well, okay. He seems like an average Joe that, all right, well, if he could do it, then I should be able to do it too. And, you know, everybody's telling me, yeah, you should be fine once you're fully recovered. And so I was like, all right. And then, so I mulled over that for a couple of days, kept looking up more things about them. And then finally, I was like, I think on two days later, I was like, you know what, I need a goal. Otherwise I'm just gonna kind of wallow and, you know, sit here and just squander my time and squander my days. So I was like, all right, let me do that. And uh, so I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna do that. Oh, I guess I should learn how to swim. Huh? <laughs> so then it was like, all right. So then it was like, okay, that, that's a goal. I, I, if I work towards a goal, that'll help me. And, you know, so then it was like, okay, well, let me, let me start walking and running so I can at least do that. So let me start doing that. And by this time it was December, right? So it's a little cold, even in Southern California to be swimming outside without a heated pool. So I was like, all right. And then, so I started to learn to swim in, I think February, and then I started. I started running in December, so about February, I ran my first nonstop mile uh, since I think high school. And, and since the I'm coach made you, hmm? since the coach made you, yeah. Well, no, I didn't have a coach at that time. I, I, at this time, I was still just going. Oh, I'm just going to do this by myself. Okay. I don't, know anything. I, don't, I don't know anything about a team or nothing. I just knew these three guys did it. Yeah. And. Uh, uh, I figure, you know, they're not superhuman. They're uh, obviously on the higher end of the performance scale, but I was like, you know, I, I don't need to beat them. I just know that they did it, I can do it too. And so I did that and then uh, I ran my first nonstop mile. Uh, slightly cheating because it was downhill, but I did break 10 minutes. It was like 9.59, right? And I was like, okay, that's cool. And then, you know, I, I then um, started to swim using YouTube videos. And then uh, ultimately, uh, I did learn to swim with that. I did go ahead and, and get lessons just to kind of quicken the pace of learning. And then by then, I, I found a tri club because at some point I had to get into the ocean, the, the open water, right? Right. And considering I can't even swim in a pool, I think I need help for that. So I joined a tri club and then I started training with them. And then uh, what became really apparent was um, yeah, I can't train like a normal athlete, you know, because because like uh, one of the reasons why I, my ears got perked up with Derek and Elmer and Dwight was they all reiterated their heart or their heart had all reiterated. 
And it seemed to me that it all happened, well, Dwight's took 20 some odd years, but Derek took like a year. And I think Elmer took like a year or a year and a half. And uh, using my bro science, I was like, hmm, maybe the, the common denominator is this triathlon, which is a lot of training, a lot of physical activity. So I was like, well, maybe if I do this, that would help me do that too and be able to leave a regular life versus somebody who's kind of like the whole, oh, I had a transplant. I'm very limited. I can't do any of that. You know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you one more time. You're raising all the awesome things that that that, that I want to hear about that I think make make uh, exercise and heart transplant um, recipients so 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 challenging and, and unique. And you mentioned that the the renovation of, of the hearts of, of uh, the three Iron Men you mentioned there. And um, so again, for for the listeners, um, when someone has a heart transplant. Obviously, the old heart is removed, and, and with that, they, they they cut the nerves to the heart, and so you've got the the, the sympathetic nerves and the parasympathetic sympathetic nerves are removed. So after heart transplant, you you know normally your peak heart rate should be you know 42 year old maybe 170 180 beats per minute, but it's probably about 120 beats per minute, and and your resting heart rate is considerably high as well, probably over over 100 beats per minute, and 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 so with 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 uh, the Dwight and Derek and, and Elmer, their hearts. You know, they have a, a resting heart rate below 100 and their, their peak heart rates are, are probably in the 150s, 160s. So it's like they're, the, the, the nerves grew back and, and can now um, allow their heart rate to, 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 you know, be slow and be fast and, and, and certainly makes a big difference um, for, for sport. Sorry, go ahead. Keep going there. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So basically that, that's actually kind of been the, the most challenging part because, you know, you you whether you look up uh, the training, you, if you look up training plans, for the most part, they're all generally the same in that, you know, you have a building phase where you, you slowly ramp up your effort. You have usually you have high intensity intervals kind of thing. And then obviously you dial that in for the, the actual athlete in terms of where they're at and what they need. But like uh, one thing I found as well, you know, some a normal my tri club, they might just need five minutes and then they're ready to go. Well, it turns out I need like 15, you know, because because it's like. It, it takes me longer for my heart rate to go up, but I guess for lack of a better way, like what I come to feel is that it takes longer for that higher heart rate for the blood to profuse into my, my muscles. So like, like if I start, if I just go out the door and I walk for five minutes and then I start jogging for like the next 10 to 15 minutes, I feel very, very sluggish. And then it, it, even though my heart rate will be up at the 150, 160, you think that should be plenty of blood perfusion flow and stuff like that, but it's, it just doesn't feel right. Like you just feel like there's not nothing there. You're super tired. And then at about the 15 minute mark, I suddenly feel fine. And then I can go like, like nothing. So there's challenges like that. And then, as you said, one of the big challenges is, is my heart rate's super high. Like sitting down, it's about a hundred. If I, if I start walking, it's like 120. If I start jogging, it's 140. Well, you know, if I'm biking, I'm usually 140 to 160. And if I hit a hill, like the other day, uh, I, I went up a hill, I hit 199. Wow. And that's that's based off my chest strap. So I'm pretty sure it was higher than that, but yeah. you know, cause it was an instantaneous thing. And that did not feel good, but I have no way to control that except for, I have to just be aware that, yeah, I think I can do certain things, but I gotta be careful because I can still do it, but the problem is when I stop, my heart still is going to keep going, and then right. obviously, you know, there there's a, a slight risk of uh, hurting myself doing that. 
Okay. And so that's kind of just been the challenge of how do I how do I take a, a the normal un, way of training and getting stronger and, and building up your endurance and fitness, but still, you know, temper that with my little nuanced way of, of, of controlling my heart rate and the things I have to be considerate of. Right. Awesome. So, so, um, have you, have you done any races yet? Have you uh, taken part in an event? I know COVID's kind of, now we're starting to see races again, which, which is nice. And I don't know if you were able to, to, to do anything or, or even just a, you know, a virtual race or to have you, have you had any experience testing out the new ticker? Yeah, I did. Uh, I, I actually did two races last year. Um, there was a, there was a short little, I wouldn't even call it a sprint because the swim was only 150 meters, but there was like a reverse try up in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. And so it, it was actually a run bike swim, but you know, it, it was kind of getting my feet wet and it was, so that, that one w- was pretty good where we did that. That was a three mile run. I think it was like a 10 or a 12 mile bike. I don't even remember. And 150 meter pull swim. So, but that was like a nice relaxed, like almost community try, yeah. if you will. So that was fun and I did that. And, it, and then that was the, you know, do this and do not die. So, <laughs> so I was like, okay, great, achieved that. Green light. You know, yep, check, check that off. Um, my original goal was I was intending to do the Orange County Triathlon in May uh, for my anniversary of my transplant. But uh, what had happened was because of COVID, it got pushed out until October. So that's why I decided to do Pasadena instead. But then it turns out they did actually uh, go ahead and do OC try in October. So I did that one in October. And so that was fun. That was a, that was an Olympic distance. Awesome. So, so that was fun. And then uh, I did that and uh, that one felt good. So I convinced myself, yeah, I could do an Ironman now. I mean, Derek did it in a year and I could do it too. <laughs> so of course I like two days later, I went and signed up for Ironman California. But not not last year's, obviously, yeah. uh, but for, for this year's. So I signed up for that. And then, you know, so it was like, OK, cool. And then, uh, of course, I'm sitting here watching uh, watching the feeds on Ironman California. It's about to start. And it's like 5 a.m. And then it all comes out. People are like, it's being canceled. It's being canceled. You know, something about cyclones and stuff like that. Right, and yeah, the, horrible the weather. In sideways. So but uh, so that's kind of what I'm looking at now, where it's like, all right, I got to get ready for this Ironman California. I got 10 months. Well, now I don't have 10 months more. Now it's like seven, right? So right. it's kind of like, well, I think uh, it's still in the realm of doable. And so that's kind of what my focus is. Perfect. So, so how did the, uh, how did you feel in the, in the Olympic distance? How did, how did it, uh, did everything go according to plan? You know, felt a uh, little, little tough getting off, getting, uh, jumping off the gun there. And then, uh, and, and, and well, tell, tell, walk us through it. Tell us about the, the swim, the bike and the run. Yeah. The, so the OC try was, I guess the, the overall, it was better than I had hoped. Um, you know, so, so in terms of, cause my goal for that was simply make it through without any major hiccups, without any major issues. So, um, like the swim, you know, I, because it's a private lake, I, I didn't, even though I could swim it, it was closed off so you could only swim a very small portion next to the beach so but to, for the swim they obviously removed that and you swam out into the lake and back so that one was pretty good uh, my, my challenge is always the transition and and it's not so much the transition 
like what most people would think like, oh, I got to hurry up and go quickly. My problem with transition from swimming is when I'm horizontal, it's much easier. So my heart rate is not low, but it's not high. Right. Well, the moment I stand up for people where they, when they start to swoon a little, well, I don't, I have that plus my heart rate jumps by like 20 to 35 beats. And so, so, so that, that was the challenge. So coming off the, coming out of the lake, uh, I'm very, I'm just new swimmer. So I'm very slow, you know, and, and for me, my goal was just make it through the swim. Don't, don't drown. Don't have people rescue you. Just finish that part. And then the, the rest, the rest of the race can start. And so, you know, made it through, but yeah, towards the end, when, when I, when we came up to the landing where, you know, you kind of stand up, I was like, no, I have to, I have to kind of get my feet under me. And I, I basically kneel there in the water until, until my head's clear. And then I stand, make sure my head is still clear. And I can feel my heart racing at that point. Like I can feel the difference where it was like probably about 140, 150. And I stood up and it went up to like 170. Because wow. I can feel the difference in how my heart's beating. So I was like, all right, let me, let me just take a breath and hold on. And then it was like, okay, it's an uphill walk walk run to the bikes and then you know you do your transition thing hop on the bike and then it was like okay it was more uphill to, to get out of the transition area and then it was drop into the bikes and that was fine um i had known that the bike was going to be challenging for me because because it was kind of hilly there was a couple hills which i think was only like a was it a category four it, it wasn't very hard by professional standards but you know for a guy who couldn't even walk up the stairs when he came home from the hospital that was quite a challenge and so i was i spent a lot of time working the route i happened to live right next to the route so i rode that route uh, you know a bunch of times and that part was good so it went as as well as i expected which was the the downhills were fun flying down uh, the route that was good coming back well that was just you know a long slow grind and in that case it was i gotta watch my heart rate because once it goes up, it basically doesn't come back down. So it takes it takes like 20 minutes for me to come down like five heartbeats. So it was just keep an eye on the heart rate and slowly just grinding my gears back up the hill and then come back. And then that was fine. Transition off the bike, um, that wasn't too bad, but I'm not, I'm clearly not in the front of the pack where I'm trying to win or anything. So for me, the transition was just get off and walk for a while. You know, walk, let's eat some more, kind of stretch out the muscles and then get going. Um, the one thing I didn't realize about the OC try was I thought the challenge was the bike. And then when I told that to some of my tri club members, they go, Oh yeah, that's a tough one. That run is killer. <sighs> and I'm sitting here like three weeks out going, Oh, I didn't run the run. I only ran the first half of the run. So I ran the first three miles thinking, Oh, this is cool. I know this spot. Well, it turns out the second three miles, they make you do a sharp left and you go into the Hills. <laughs> so you run the Hills back to the lake. And so that, that was, uh, that was as expected. The first two miles was fine. I got to the hill and I basically ran walk that way up, you know, where it was like, all right, keep this heart rate under control. Keep this heart rate under control. And uh, so that, that went well, slower than I'd like because of the, the uphills, but uh, it went well. And then, you know, towards the end, it was like, all right. Uh, and I kind of knew what my, my paces would be. So I had figured out if I, if I hold my heart rate at a certain number I, and I hold this cadence, I knew I would get this pace. And I knew I could do it without uh, suffering too much. And so for me, I, was, I completed it. My biggest accomplishment to me was I, I completed it. And then I went on to have a normal day. Oh, I did yeah. not need to just, you know, stay on the couch for the whole day and re recover. So, so for me, that was like, yep, I met all the goals. I did exactly what I wanted. Um, 
I had thought about doing it again this year just to see if I can better it because you know how it goes. You do it once, but then, of course, you want to come back and better it. <laughs> so uh, it's going to happen but, with the Ironman. Uh, yeah. So, but, but I, you know, yeah, I got to prep for Ironman. But then, but then also, oh, well, Transplant Games of America is in San Diego this year, and it's in the end of July. So I was like, oh, I think I'll just focus on training for that. So, so then that, that kind of changed my plans a little bit. Good. What, what events are you entering in for that one? Um, I, there's, I'm probably just going to do, they have a virtual triathlon okay? because they don't have the time to do a, a triathlon proper, but it's, it's basically like a sprint almost. Um, so it'll be, I think that one's just a 1500 meter run, a 500 meter full swim and a 20 kilometer bike. So those are the three for sure I'll be doing. Uh, I made, I guess I'm allowed to do multiple swim events and multiple track events. So I may add a few things, but, uh, at this point, that's kind of the focus. So. Right, right. I've had, it's interesting. We had the um, uh, many, I can't even remember the year it was. I'm guessing it was the mid, maybe, oh, anyways, we had the, the National tra- Transplant Games in, oh, the World Transplant Games actually were in Edmonton. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so we, we, I met a whole bunch of, uh, of really great people, lots of uh, lots of heart transplants. Um, I don't know if, I don't, Bill Wall, is he, uh, he's the Bill Wall Foundation. He had a heart transplant. He's done triathlons, raised a bunch of money for them. And, and he does does a lot of triathlon and stuff. Anyway, I don't know why I drop his name, except that we, we met him and, uh, and we met, you know, it was, it's the, it's not just heart transplants. It's, it's all kinds of transplants. So, so I, I made up a saying and, and, you know, my, my research was with kidney transplant recipients and, and, you know, my, my advisor was into the heart transplant recipients and, and I would always tell the heart transplants to go kick some renal ass. So when you're out there, you go kick some renal ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's like anything, right? You, you have, you have the group you're a part of and then it, it's always this, this, uh, somewhat, uh, you know, uh, colloquial, uh, competition, right? It's like my group versus your group, right? So it, it's always going to be like that. So yeah, that, I'm sure that this will be my first transplant games, but uh, I'm sure that that's kind of what, what will happen as the the, tra- the time draws near and, you know, you start to line up for, for the event. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. It, it, from what I remember, it was a lot of fun and it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good atmosphere and, and, and it's, it's competitive. I mean, there's some, there's some, some, some serious competitors out there like yourself. Uh, so, so between now and, and Ironman California, yeah. What, what do you have? Uh, and the tra- I guess you have the transplant games between now and then, but you have any other, any other triathlons? Um, uh, we no, can watch not yet? really. There, there's a, a couple of uh, tri club races that I might do, but that's just, you know, the, the club stuff. Um, unfortunately, one of the things that happened after, after the OC tri was um, I started developing this weird thing with my heart where my, my heart rate would kind of start to erode accelerate by itself like when i'm not doing anything so so i've been kind of trying to figure out what was causing that you know like uh unfortunately i've I've had all the medical tests done and nobody can find anything so now uh it's mostly just trying to make sure my training doesn't make that worse right and so so really that's my main focus of just trying to like get to the transplant game healthy and have that under control the key about transplant game is i need to go quote-unquote fast Right. It's, it's because they're short events, they're, they're much more intense. So part of it is I have to ramp up my intensity so that I can do that. And but at the same time, I kind of have to build my my base endurance and, and make sure that that's good, too. So I'm I'm kind of struggling with balancing that. And so um, 
it's also a little early to to get into a proper training program for some people. So so for me right now, like I'm just kind of working on the base and just trying to get back to remind my body, hey, it's time to go, <laughs> go do some work. You know, the holiday seasons are over, right? right. So we kind of get out of hibernation. But that that's what I'll be focusing on, and then um, you know, trying to I'll, I'm probably going to go ahead and get a a coach proper to to kind of guide me now. Because last year it was like, all right, I just fig- figure out what would happen. But now it's like, okay, I know what I can do, but then I have additional considerations. Right. So it's like, mm, I, I think I need somebody to to kind of guide that so that I'm not the only guy thinking about it. Because when you talk to yourself, there's never an argument. You always agree. Yeah. So so I think I need a second opinion at the very least to, to keep me, you know, on, on the up and up on that. The, the sober yang to your rational yang. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So my, my idea is, you know, do, do kind of more high intensity stuff until basically late June and then, yeah. you know, in July and then after transplant game, then just switch that over to all the, the endurance stuff. And then uh, as friends, you apply peer pressure and make me sign up for things. I'll, I'll probably be doing like a few sprints and Olympics here and there. But at this point, nothing's official because even though events are starting to happen, I, I really don't know because you get mixed signals on whether or not events will happen and what kind of, you know, social distancing they have. And so it's like it, I figure it's better not even to bother. I just, if, you know, if I'm a couple of weeks out and there's something that happens to fit a time frame, maybe I'll just hop on into one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's an excellent outlook on, on, on the way things unfold. Yeah. It was, um, ah, yeah, we're close, man. We're, we're almost out of, out of, we're almost out of this. Like it's, it's over. It's over now. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. I'm, <laughs> the politicians <laughs> keep telling me it's over, but I, I think we got a little more to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't know. The general feeling I get around here is that I think, you know, there's enough people that are vaccinated, at least around my local area, there's enough people who are vaccinated where I think most people generally feel safe now. They're not like, you know, cowering in fear. The ones who aren't and don't think it's a risk, well, they are the way they are. The ones who have, they're okay. I think I'm at the point, like, even for me, it's like, well, I think enough people are safe and we have enough proper procedures now to, to address it when somebody does get sick. Mm-hmm. So it, it isn't, by no means is it, hundred percent safe, but I don't think it's as terrifying as it was, you know, two years ago. So I think like around here, whether or not the numbers go up again, my personal feeling is that, you know, people are, 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 are getting back to that life is normal. And they're, they're all just self-adjusting like, Hey, if I, if they think they got exposed, they kind of just cut back on activities and they, it's like a soft quarantine kind of thing. Right. And I think that's all you're going to get out of people right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right. I, yeah. 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 It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, if it wasn't for COVID, I wouldn't have started my podcast. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's a lot of good things. That's what I know. A lot of people say that this is like a horrible time in the last two years and it's been very stressful. It's been whatever. But for me, I, I almost hate to say it, but it was almost like a good thing because what that did was that that forced everybody to slow down. So it allowed my family to not have to try to keep up with life as normal. Right, and right, so right. I didn't have to worry, like, you know, the school shut down. For most people, that was terrible. But for me, that was actually good because then my kids didn't have to go to school, which means then I didn't have to worry about them bringing home germs and getting me sick. Right. My wife didn't have to go into work, so she didn't have to worry about, you know, getting me sick. And so that actually helped us quite a bit. And for us, it helped us get time as a family, you know. So so it was actually a pretty good thing for us. And I think, I think it's kind of – if you look for the silver lining, you'll find it if you – don't, then you won't, you know? And so, yeah. I mean, we could have been here like, oh, well, yeah, we can't go out. We can't go do things. But at the same time, it's like, well, 
I couldn't really do it. And I wasn't really into it too. So it, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it was good for me from my view. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I agree. I think I, 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 well, I agree. It was good from your view, but it was, you know, I, I think we all, I, we all put, 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 put a new lens on the way we look at things. I, I think, I think people who are, like you say, trying to get something out of it are, are looking and saying, Hey, you know what? It, it was like, boy, look at, I don't, I don't, you know, all that time I spend commuting to work, I just realized what a waste of time that is. Like, wow. I, so, anyway, you know, it's, there's good stuff. There's good, there's good, I'm, I'm being good, good positive spin on that. Uh, Bang, thanks. Thanks so much for, uh, for chatting with us. This is, uh, and, and we wish you uh, the best in, in your upcoming races in the transplant games and in, in Ironman California. We'll, uh, I'll have the uh, athlete tracker on and be cheering for you. And uh, so, so know that I always, it's always uh, a little more motivation when you know people are watching and see what's going on. But uh, thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much, Ken, for having me. And that is definitely true, right? It's one thing when it's yourself and you can, you can call it quits when you want, but it's another thing when there's people cheering for you and you know, you know, they'll be watching. So that's a, that's always a good motivator. And uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a, for me, it's a brave new world. So it's like, I'm going to go out there and get it. Perfect. And then, yeah, we'll have you back on and as uh, as, a, as another heart transplant Ironman finisher. I think there is, I don't, I, I've lost count, but there's, uh, Elmer did it with a fellow named Wooter. And then there was a couple, there was Justin and, uh, oh, I'm kicking myself because he just posted on Facebook that he uh, friended Dwight's. They all did Ironman Arizona and, I just got, he just graduated from university and now, now, now I feel awful. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, anyway, yeah. Yeah. So there's not that, I, I still think you're under 10. You're going to be top 10, man. I was going to say, I think, I think I found like a total of eight names, but you know, it, it's kind of tough because not everybody as is as prolific in their, their public uh, appearances as like Derek and, and Elmer. Cause so, but yeah, I, I think, it, I think though the total number is still under 10. So Hopefully, I'll, I'll, maybe I might be number ten. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, Trevor Keskis is, uh, is is another 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 American that that did Ironman Arizona with uh, with with Derek that first time. Yeah. There you go. Okay, me. but hey, this show's about you. Hey, thanks again for being on the show. I really appreciate that. <laughs> oh, no, anytime. Uh, it was it was it was a pleasure to be here. And you know, uh, if you ever uh, want to have me back, I would love to come back. Awesome, I appreciate that, and I will take you up on that. All right, you have yourself a great night. Thanks, Doctor. You too. Bye bye. Well, a big thanks to Vang for helping me out with the interview today. I think it's nice hearing from someone who's just getting into the sport uh, as well, you know, comparing that and contrasting it to someone who's uh, been at the sport for quite some time. Uh, interesting to see what he's had to overcome in ways of doing it. And certainly the other uh, guests I've had on the show, Derek, Elmer and Dwight have all had similar experiences uh, with their heart transplant and getting back into, into the show. Um, so I would like to thank Vang again, and I'd like to thank you for listening. Um, can't have a show without people listening to it. Even if there is only like five of you, uh, I appreciate it. Thanks very much. <laughs>